1: Uh, Losing 24-8 to in their home stadium. What went wrong? What went went, uh, a little bit less wrong right now on the Locked On Commanders
2: podcast? You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA 9 Plus app on your Roku or Amazon Fire Sticks. Make sure you check that out. We thank you for making us first listen, your first view every single day, whether you're joining us live. Here on YouTube or listening or watching later, we greatly appreciate you for joining us. I'm David Harrison. My co-host here, Chris, the rooster, Russell. Uh, Both of us, Credential Media, covering your Washington Commanders. We're here uh, at FedEx Field Sunday afternoon, evening, actually by now, uh, following the aforementioned loss. Uh, You can find Chris Pete Medhurst live on the Team 980 Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern or anytime on the Odyssey app. You can find me at Commander Country, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, where I do my writing over there.
0: All right, David, we are here at FedEx Field, as you mentioned. Uh, and I guess, you know, our main storyline of the game is, is the commanders went punch for punch, toe to toe, whatever adage you want to use, for one quarter with the Philadelphia Eagles. And then it completely fell apart and completely got dismantled in the span of 15 minutes. They were nothing nothing early in the second quarter here at FedEx Field. And before halftime actually started, In a flash, almost, they were down 24 to nothing, and they never really recovered from there. I mean, what other big storyline is there? I mean, we're going to get to Carson Wentz in a second. He was a big part of that, but that is the overall arching storyline.
1: Yeah, that's really, I mean, that's basically the way that it went down. I think that, uh, you know, we'll get to our silver linings at the end of this game here at the end of this episode, but I'm going to throw one out here real quick. The good news is the Washington Commanders either tied or did better than the Philadelphia Eagles in three of the four quarters in this game. Uh, From a scoreboard standpoint, anyway, the bad news is that one quarter they got blown uh, out of the water. And Chris, the defense was the question coming into this game. That was Mm -hmm. the main storyline. That's what everybody was talking about. We have people who wanted defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio fired after what happened in Detroit. And I'm not gonna lie, guys, there were some conversations uh, around the stadium here wondering if if this defense came out and had a similar type or even worse performance, uh, would Jack actually make it to Dallas? Now, you know, I would go on record saying that I would think that he would make it to Dallas just because of circumstances and everything. But uh, that's what happened. The defense actually rose up and they held on for, I think, as long as you can reasonably expect a defense to rise up uh, and hold on with little to no support from the, the offense. We're talking about complimentary football. That is not what we had in today's uh in today's game in the second quarter alone the Washington Commanders offense held the ball for 5 minutes and 55 seconds that's four drives four drives 8 5 minutes and 55 seconds worth of game time on Is that the good? other that's not good okay on the other side of that the Philadelphia Eagles right they held the ball for 9 minutes and 4 seconds now listen the field goal drive that got the scoring started only lasted seven seconds into the second quarter. They were actually on that drive in the first quarter. Seven seconds into the second quarter, they kicked the field goal. So that only accounts for seven seconds. The second drive of the second quarter only accounts for 45 seconds because that's when Washington gave the ball back uh, deep in their own zone and giving up a touchdown, which means, Chris, that three other drives in the second quarter for Philadelphia Eagles account for about eight minutes of possession. So those three drives that don't even count two of the drives that ended in the second quarter anyway – account for more time than the Washington commanders had the entire second.
0: Yeah. I mean, just to give you an example, six plays, 64 yards, two minutes and 49 seconds. So even the third drive was real quick. Uh, that was the AJ Brown touchdown. Uh, the real one, the long one in turn plays was 11 plays, 88 yards, but David it only took up one fifty-seven because the Eagles operated in the two minute offense, truly under the two minute warning and scored on the final play uh, of the first half. Um, We're going to, you know, uh, listen, we we have to spin forward. We have to talk about the game. We have to move forward, but we have to look back on what went wrong. The turning point for me in this game, you kind of mentioned it. They were down three nothing. It's actually a. a a three-play sequence, but it's two plays uh, that are bracketed in between, you know, one play that doesn't really matter, and that was Wentz trailing 3-0, and the Commanders trailing 3-0. He'd already been sacked three times. He gets sacked for a fourth time, loses a fumble. Brandon Graham hits him kind of from behind. Javon Hargrave scoops it up. They were covered, do the Eagles at the Washington 24. Two plays later after a one-yard run, Dallas Goddard off of an I-formation play action, a tight end backdoor screen, rumbles in almost virtually untouched because the commanders were sucked in on play action and the defense just wasn't able to recover and it goes to a 23 yard touchdown and even though it was only 10 to nothing at that point because of the nature of again that was i believe sack four at that point and because of the lost fumble the position and the quick turnaround on offense for the eagles it almost felt like okay guys we're done toying with you we're done yeah. sparring with you now we're going for the knockout punch and they did
1: yeah absolutely did real quick shout out to uh chris and king in the live chat here on youtube if you're with us we appreciate you know it's it's hard to- hard topics yeah. to talk about hard What's topics up, to sit in uh and listen or watch through so we appreciate uh all of you who are joining us and 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 listening to this even after the live uh is done as well chris that's a good turning point i think that's that's probably the biggest turning point but for me uh, another turning point in this game and, and really kind of You want to call it the final nail in the coffin, even though it's weird because it's not even halftime yet. Well, it actually was halftime after a two-yard touchdown pass from Jalen Hurts to Devontae Smith, who uh, I heard another Eagles or an Eagles beat writer in the the press box uh, say that this was a career day for Devontae Smith. I haven't confirmed that, so I'll just trust that the Eagles reporters know what they're talking about. I think it was. Um, Yeah, so so it seems like it makes sense. And that touchdown pass came against Kendall Fuller. Also came a little shortly after, I think it was the 48-yard pass came against Kettle Fuller to put them in the scoring position in the first place. And for you know, at that point in time, you're down 17 nothing. It hasn't gone well, right? But you're about to go into the half. You have an opportunity to potentially stop them um, because of the, the the dual injuries. They were out of timeout, so uh, there, there's 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 running clock. They're scrambling. They're in a hurry. You're in a hurry. But if you come up with that play, the half is over. There's no points. You're still down 17 nothing. You can go in, lick your wounds, come out. And If you make an opening half stop you're you're still in this game and you still have an opportunity to salvage something, but because of that score, you go in the locker room down even further than you already were, and things just kind of snowball from there.
0: Think about it. Could have been worse. They also before that they had fourth downs and goal stop, right? So I mean it could have been uh, I guess twenty-seven nothing or thirty-one uh, nothing. Quite honestly, for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles coming up, guys, we're going to get into our offensive breakdown and our defensive breakdown, uh, and who really was at fault for the Commanders uh, after this twenty-four to eight final score and lost to drop to one and two. But now a word from our sponsor, our friends at BetterHelp. People in my life tell me, uh, and they're probably right, that I focus on problems. Uh, I think everyone is against me at times, especially on Twitter uh, and traffic, and that I don't take time to think of the good things. Well, you know, it it can be tough to train your brain in problem-solving mode and, again, not be woe is me uh, when faced with challenges in your life, right? But when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. Sometimes that solution is just taking a step back. (sighs) <sighs> taking a deep breath, probably Ron Rivera, taking a lot of deep breaths because, boy, is his team in lots of trouble. Sometimes a therapist, though, can help you become a better problem solver. Maybe you don't have to do it all on your own. Maybe it's easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small, with some professional help. That's where better help comes in. That's right. Now you can unload some stress in a safe and positive manner, get some emotional healing, and help with some anxiety and some depression. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, guys, and many of us are better help is a great option. You don't have to go anywhere. It's convenient, accessible, affordable and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist of your choice after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can help you get there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's better. H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com, slash locked on. All right, once again, back here at FedEx Field, thanks for making Locked On Commanders your first listen and view each and every day. All right, David, before we get to your offensive takeaways, I'll start with mine. The overall arching theme in this one is Carson Wentz was just destroyed in the pocket and everywhere else. He was sacked a total of nine Times that's right nine times that's one short of the franchise record ten you know how I know that you were here Uh, well we weren't here we were north of the border eh in Toronto Toronto at the Sky Dome where the Blue Jays play. The Buffalo Bills then played home games, won a game a year. Trust me, I was there. John Beck, Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, the boys, Matt LaFleur, uh, Mike McDaniel, all the head coaches, this great organization has let walk right out the window. I think the final score was like 24 to nothing or something like that. John sacked 10 times that day quite honestly Carson Wentz could have been sacked 10 or 11 times uh the question is is you know I mean obviously it's a mix of the offensive line uh in pretty much every spot and Wentz for sure Wentz took accountability he said look not all on the offensive line some of that's on me he's right I you know, roughly watching the game live right next to you. I don't know how you had it. I had it about, you know, maybe Wentz 5 and the offensive line 4, maybe the offensive line 5 and Wentz 4. not sure how you kind of preliminarily graded it, but nothing went right offensively today for the Commanders.
1: No, absolutely. And, I mean, for the sack problem early on, right, I think it was offensive line problems. And and, then, you know, again, shout out to the live chat. We've got some guys in here. Uh, talking about, you know, early on, there's just, there just no time, you know, and, and the Philadelphia Eagles really weren't all being all that exotic about it. They're nope. just kind of go mano a mano coming up and, and just saying that our guys are better than your guys. And we're going to bother your quarterback. And it worked really well. And then as the game kind of progressed, I think there was a stretch there where Carson was holding the ball too long, mm-hmm. trying to maybe be a little bit too perfect, knowing that, you know, they were under the gun and a turnover would just obviously make things even worse than they already were. And so I think he was being a little too careful. Uh, With the football at times and trying to find the perfect read instead of the good read uh, and all those things. So I mean, you know, look, at the end of the day, you know, you can call it a 70-30 split, a 60-40 split, whatever you want to call it. Either way, as a team, as a a, a group, the offensive line quarterback, they've got to get better. And Carson even said, you don't get to nine unless the quarterback is responsible for some of that. So it's not all on the O-line. It's certainly not all on Carson. Uh, it, it's a team effort, it's a group effort, and, and I think that's where they're going to move forward. with it.
0: Before we get to your offensive takeaway, I'll just add one thing. Charles Leno telling you reporters, I don't know if you were in this uh, scrum, quote, it's like we're constipated, couldn't get beep, and he didn't say beep. But, yeah. I mean, that pretty much sums it up. Yep. I mean, that's Charles Leno, who, by the way, struggled. He, I mean, I mean, he was included yeah, in absolutely. that. I got to say, Charles has been very good since coming here. He had a rough day.
1: Yeah, it was one of his, his less than stellar days, including uh, some costly penalties. But look, bottom line, at least one sack on five of the first six possessions. That's not winning football. Uh, in that group, two strip sacks, one lost fumble. You know, fortunately, they didn't lose the second one, or else it would have gotten mm-hmm. uh, even worse. And then, Chris, we've got defense aways, uh as well. Let me, I'll jump in here real quick. And, and I've kind of already touched on it cornerback Kendall Fuller, veteran team captain, right? The teams are going without William Jackson, the third, who uh, tweaked his back at some point, you know, going into the weekend. Saw him on the field trying to work through it. He was in obvious pain, obvious discomfort. It looked very, very uh, stiff. And I'll tell you, as a guy who's got a lingering back injury myself, I know that look um, and I know how how gingerly you walk. So I wasn't very confident watching him go through those. And ultimately, he was inactive. So that's when you need guys like Benjamin St. Juice, Kendall Fuller to kind of step up. Uh, early on, Jalen Hurts targeted Benjamin St. Juice. Uh, got away with one, you know, I think that we'll talk about here in a minute. But ultimately, Benjamin really kind of stepped up. And I think he did fairly well for the most part. So then he kind of went after Kendall. Uh, and then he started to eat, and that and that's the problem. Kendall Fuller in that first half and the second quarter specifically gave up uh, two explosive plays: a 38-yard pass from Hurts to AJ Brown in the second quarter, and I got it. AJ Brown, very tough guy to defend. But when you're the veteran captain cornerback, you know, and your team is struggling, you got to kind of find a way to step up. And then again, a 44-yard pass uh, from Hurts to Smith that took the ball to the one, which eventually gave up the t- touchdown pass to Smith against Kendall Fuller uh, again. And in the locker room, took full responsibility. and Said, "Look, you know, it's the NFL, and he's a veteran." He's, he knows he's got to make plays. They're paid to make plays, too, but he's paid to make them better than than those guys. Today, he didn't do it.
0: Yeah, um, so, so I'll just add this. Everything he just said, David just said, absolutely correct. Um, to me, I've been down on Kendall Fuller for a while. I, I mean, I, I've tried to be fair. He had moments last year where he's fine. He's had a couple moments so far this year where he's been okay but he's leaking a lot of oil, and that's all three games. He was beaten by Christian Kirk for a long, almost 50-yard pass in week one, uh, beaten for a big touchdown, and and really two uh, last week. Um, And and again, what just David just illustrated, here's one thing that I will say, a lot of Commanders fans out there, David, want them to play more man. Mm -hmm. Now, some of their man coverages do look like zone, you know, so it's hard to tell. The reason why they don't play more true man is because Kendall Fuller can't play man. Now, the problem is, is he's struggling also in zone. He just doesn't have the wheels. And Devontae Smith, on one particular play, a crossing route that you and I noticed, you know, pretty clear, I mean, he absolutely blowtorched him. And that's the problem. When you go against electric speed like he's going against every week, he can't keep up.
1: Yeah, look. No, no disrespect intended towards Devontae Smith. No. Right, superb talent, great young player, great young man. I'm sure he's in better physical shape right now than I probably ever been. Even at my peak of physical conditioning oh. in the army, probably better shape uh, than I than I have ever been. But if you're getting out physical by Devontae Smith, that's a problem.
0: Uh, out physical because you know you're going to be outrun <laughs> basically and out talented. Uh, real quickly, I'll just add uh, one thing. Again, the explosive plays hurting the Commanders again. I like think it was five uh, today that went for over 30 yards. Uh, obviously, Devontae Smith had a big role in that. Uh, we'll break that down more uh, throughout the week. But the only positive that I can come up with overall from a big picture standpoint is once again, they were pretty good on third down five of 15 for the Eagles. And if I'm counting right, that's only 12 third down conversions on the year. And I believe it's 42 <laughs> attempts, uh, whatever that percentage is, they were tied for fifth coming into the NFL. I believe it's 12 of 42. Now on the year it might be 12 of 43. Don't, you know, don't kill me if I'm off by a number, but y- you yeah. get the point. That's really the only thing right now. And this wasn't totally on the defense. Wasn't mostly on the defense. Right. So, you know, and, And and that's kind of the problem. Um, So that's really uh, our defensive takeaways, guys. Uh, You know, from this game, I mean, of course, we're going to dig through the tape uh, as we go throughout the week and try and get you more as they try and figure things out. Going to Arlington, David is uh, scheduled to be uh, at AT AT&T Stadium next Sunday against Cooper Rush and the Cowboys, who play on Monday Night Football against the New York Giants, who are 2-0. Uh, we'll be on the hunt for silver linings next. Is there a silver lining in the rainbow that doesn't exist behind us? We will find out right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast.
2: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, guys, final segment here on this, uh, unfortunately, Defeat Monday edition, right? Thank you for all of you joining us live Sunday evening. But for the rest of you watching Monday or listening on, on audio platforms, Monday, uh, defeat monday so not not the way you want to start the week necessarily we call it misery
0: monday on, misery on the radio. monday there i go. don't know if you like that you or know, not i mean
1: i've been covering the bucks for the last couple uh, of years so i forgot what misery oh, monday actually was uh, called that, and, and, and i'm right. starting to learn it unfortunately yeah, they don't lose very often <laughs> well uh, last i checked they were losing the packers we'll right. see how that's going um, Heard that. so listen even in the worst of losses all right and this is something that i did learn covering the buccaneers even in the worst of losses it's important to find the good because the good is where you can build your team and mm-hmm. eventually right you take a lot of losses, but eventually you put the Mike Evans on the field with the Levante Davids and you get it put together, and you end up with Lombardi. That's that's what we're uh, we're all angling for here. That's what everybody wants to cover, talk about, watch, and of course, these guys want to experience. So we're looking for silver linings here. What can this team hope to build upon to maybe defeat the Dallas Cowboys uh, next next week? Uh, there in 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 Jerry's world as as we go there. So for me, it's going to be Benjamin St. Juice. Um, and look, Benjamin wasn't perfect, right? He did give up a, a pretty big explosive play. As far as my angle is concerned, the replay angle that I saw, uh, Ron Rivera is pretty confident as well. I know Benjamin is very confident. Um, he was out of bounds; he didn't get both feet down. That should have been an overturned play. Ron admitted in the press conference after the game that he was late getting the flag out. That's unfortunate. You know, it's obviously not something you want to have happen, uh, but it did happen. You know, you move on. But other than that play, and then you know, there were a couple. There was like a fourteen yard pass that he gave up. But m- the biggest thing that stood out to me, though, Chris, is that Jalen Hurts on. Not his not his first three specifically, but on three specific third downs, he targeted Benjamin St. Juice. And this was before he started targeting Kendall Fuller. And all three of those times, Benjamin St. Juice came up and made the play. He was in great position. There's one play where I was a little worried he might get mm-hmm. flagged. Didn't get mm-hmm. his head around. I was like, oh maybe yep. he gets a flag there. They didn't they didn't throw the flag and as we saw later on, John Bates experienced. Uh, they weren't throwing flags for some things uh, in this game. They probably should have. So what's fair is, is fair. fair for one side is fair for both sides. But Benjamin St. Juice, you know, again, not perfect by any means, but very, very solid. And I think in a game, again, William Jackson the Third is out. So I think that, you know, they're, the, the Eagles came out targeting these young defensive backs. And I think Benjamin St. Juice stepped up in a pretty good way.
0: Yeah, I'll add one thing to that. I mean, St. Juice actually had a fourth third down pass defense uh, in the back of the end zone. I think that was after things started going wild against Kendall Fuller, to your point. like There was the first three, and then there was a little, uh oh, hey, we might want to go here. Uh, (laughs) We found six here. And then they did go back at St. Juice one time, but he still uh, broke it up. Again, not perfect, but four passes defended or broken up on third down. You'll sign up for that every day. Uh, For me, a couple of silver linings, if you will. Cole Holcomb had a fourth down stop. Uh, I had Talked to somebody uh, that knew, had knowledge of, of things, let's just say. Uh, and they said that Cole Holcomb was going to be kind of the guy that was assigned to spy, mirror, what have you. Uh, Jalen Hurts in this particular game. Well, this was on a fourth and inches or fourth and one. I believe it was inside the five yard line. Maybe it was right around the five yard line. Can't remember. Uh, and they ran kind of a jet. Give an inside jet sweep, uh, and he was blown up, uh, against Zach Pascal, uh, by Cole Holcomb, who had mugged up in the A gap and then bounced out when he recognized the sweep action and still blew it up. So, good for him, uh, in addition to St. Juice and what David, uh, obviously illustrated, and then Deron Payne, right, with this with the monster, uh, um, uh, safety, uh, to get the only two points at that point you know, on the board early fourth quarter uh, for the Washington Commanders. Deron Payne overall has been much more explosive, noticeable, dominant so far in three games this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think Deron is, is doing well for himself. You know, I think you still want to see him take another step up the ladder a little bit. But I think so far you have to be happy uh, with what you're seeing out of Deron Payne. And, and yeah, that, that whole sequence, I mean, this is just kind of one of those games, you know, Washington gets a field goal, there's a flag, gives him another first down. They get pretty much right up to scoring a touchdown. They end up with that loss from Antonio Gibson puts them right back where they started, where they tried the field goal in the first place from the 14 yard line. Uh, and then you know they, they get a play that makes them you know Carson scrambles and gives them a little bit of a hope. So they go for. It. They go from having three points, burning more time off the clock to no points, and then they go to two points. It's just it, it, it was just kind of a crazy sequence that really kind of balls up really the was. entire energy of, of the game today. But we'll talk more about this game tomorrow. So, But we also have some other stories that broke before the game that we've got to talk about uh, as well coming on Tuesday's
0: episode. Absolutely. Jimmy Garoppolo, there was a major report from Adam Schefter of ESPN that Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers had worked out a trade to the Commanders At the combine meetings, again, before the commanders traded for Carson Wentz, Ron Rivera had a strong rebuttal for that. We will talk all about that particular issue, that storyline. And then over the weekend as well, Dan Snyder, there was a big story from the Washington Post that owners are inching towards trying to get the band together to get 24 votes to get Dan ousted from NFL ownership or to push him hard to sell. I'll just say this. There's a key figure, a shadowy key figure he might be on the radar screen next Sunday at <clears throat> Jerry's World that will play heavily into what happens with Dan. We're going to talk in excess, In excess might be the wrong word, we're going to talk about both of those stories in detail. How about that? on the next edition of the Locked On Commanders podcast. But that is going to do it for us right here on this edition of LOC, live from FedEx Field. We appreciate you guys being with us. uh, And thank you for making us your first listen and your first view of the day. Now make the Peacock and Williamson uh, NFL show your second listen and view brian peacock former nfl scout matt williamson they get you the expert nfl analysis in less than 30 minutes it's free and available wherever you get your podcast you want to hop in 301-615-3577 let your voice be heard shout it out guys just do it in a respectful manner so we can use it or locked on washington commanders at gmail.com for my partner david harrison who covers the Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation and Commanders Country. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Met Her show on the Team 980 with the Odyssey app as well, anytime free and on demand. Uh, How you can listen to this show. Please be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Don't you dare drive like a maniac. Thank you for joining us right here from FedEx Field on the Locked On Commanders podcast.